Welcome to the Mob Squad, where real moms of boys juggling life, love, a clean house, and being outnumbered by balls. We say bad words, we vent, we cry, we laugh a lot, and sometimes we can be a bit inappropriate. But hey, we're moms of boys, so anything goes. Let's face it, we have real shit, and we know you do too. Life gets hard and messy, but we're not alone, and we're never quiet. We know you're one of us, and we're so glad you're here. So grab your favorite drink, fill up that bathtub, or get your fitness on, and let's get this podcast started. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up and let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mob Squad. I'm Amanda. And I am Ariel. And today we're going to talk about, do good parents produce bad children? Yes. What do you think? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, no, this is a really complex subject and I am so, I don't know why I'm excited to talk about this. I'm actually really excited about it too because I think about it a lot. I do too, but not like in this way, but I do. Like it comes across my mind multiple times over the past 12 years. In what way? Like when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about in uh, what am I doing wrong way? Well, I, so, and... (laughs) Don't take this wrong, but it also... I already am. I'm already going to take it wrong when you tell me not to take it wrong. No, no, no. I just mean, the, yes, I look at how I parent as a person, but I also look at how other people parent. Yeah. And that is constantly something that I feel like, at least I do, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I am always looking at what other people are doing and not always in a bad way either. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you can parent some way and I'm like, oh, that's a good trick. I'm going to mm-hmm. do that too. Yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Damn. About a good trick? Yeah. Oh, I can. Our friend. Anne, our mutual friend. Okay. I actually just stole this. So shout out to you, Anne, if you're listening, because this is a really good parenting hack, actually, but yeah. also a life lesson. Yeah. She, um, I hope it's okay that she lets me tell this story. I should ask her, but she was telling me about a time when her kids were dinking around in the bathroom mm-hmm. and they broke the shower or the bath curtain rod. No, the bath hanger. What do they call that thing? When Oh, the towel hanger? The rack. The towel, the towel rack. rack. They broke yeah. I think it was the towel rack. They yeah. broke it. And instead of... And she has the best kids, by the way. Like, they're kind, awesome, good hearts, just great kids. The kind of kids that you really want to have. Like, she hit the jackpot with kids. But also, yeah. I think it's because she and her husband are very engaged parents. And here's why. When they were dinking around in the bathroom, they broke the shower rack or the towel rack. And instead of her freaking out or her husband freaking out, she said, well, I guess you're going to learn how to fix a towel rack. Mm -hmm. And her husband took the kids to Home Depot. They got all whatever they needed to repair the wall and repair the rack. And they learned how to fix something. It's like a natural consequence. Like, guess what? When you break something, you got to fix it. Right. We don't just have money to, you know, it doesn't just grow on trees or grow back after you break it. Mom and dad will just take care of it because in life- They should make them pay with their allowances or whatever. Oh, I don't mean mean, she So that goes back to me making my kids pay for their water bottles. But part of it is because that's a natural consequence. If you're going to lose things, I'm not a money tree. I'm not going to buy you things over and over again. Like maybe if you're paying with your own money, you're going to feel a little bit more responsible. But I, I love that they did that. That's awesome. You have to have a husband who knows how to repair something like that. <laughs> well, you do. and But we use that. So my husband was yeah. doing yard work the other day and he was like, they're not going to come. I'm like, they, they're not going to come because you're not making them come. Like they don't actually know that this is kind of fun and rewarding. Like it's not the absolute worst thing that they're, it's not torture. It's not meant to torture them. It's meant for you guys to bond, but also to take pride in your home. Right. Because this is where you live. This doesn't just happen. Right. So they went and they got, they got to learn how to use, what is wrong with my words? The scissor things to chop. What scissor? To chop the chop what bushes? The bushes. Okay. What do they call trimmers? Those? Trimmers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they got to you. They got to learn how to use the trimmers. They ended up spending all day out there doing major landscaping in our backyard. And okay. at the end of the day, they felt so proud of it. 
For sure. Yeah. And I'm so glad that my husband made them do that because had he not, they would have been on video games all day. Mm -hmm. They would have been out of their minds. They wouldn't have felt proud about anything that they'd done that day. I think you're lucky because you have a husband that knows how to do a lot of things. And my husband doesn't. Mm -hmm. I luckily, my dad. Well, he does because my dad has shown him a lot Mm -hmm. of things, which I'm so thankful for. I grew up with a dad who didn't hire people to do things. He did it himself, which I love. And I think that's important. I have a husband like that too. Well, I have a husband that doesn't do that. (laughs) He would, but for certain things, he will try try. And that's what I really appreciate because I know some husbands won't even try. They're just like, no, I'm going to pay somebody to do this. But I think it's really sad as a society that we've lost so many skills. Like Mm -hmm. I want a garden and I suck at it. I've taken classes at community colleges. I've done so much and I still suck at it. And I don't know why. And I wish my grandma was still alive because she was a gardener Mm -hmm. and she knew all of those things. And I could ask them questions. And that generation, my grandparents' generation knew how to do everything. Mm-hmm. They knew how to fix cars. They knew how to grow food. They knew how to sew. My grandpa, who is my step grandpa that my grandma married later in life, he made all of his own clothes. He sewed everything. That's awesome. I know. And I'm like, but if we don't have those skills, like we don't have anything. What skills do we even have anymore? We don't. We Google everything. We're really fast Except, that, except that we've talked about this, that YouTube is amazing and you can you, pretty well, much YouTube learn anything. Is, that's like a digital vegetable that we talked about it is. in another podcast. But it, that's the thing is your husband, like thankfully he has your dad, but there are so many other husbands out there and, and wives and humans in general that yeah. can just... YouTube something and you can literally learn how to do anything. Right. I literally follow some, this chick on Instagram because she is like a DIYer and I love that she is like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to learn how. And then she does it. And then I learn from watching her do it. Mm-hmm. But I just what I love about her and the the main reason that I follow her is not to like see the projects that she does. I just love people who are like, I'm going to go out and do this. And they learn how. I think that's like so amazing. I think that is missing in society today. I agree. Anyways, so going back to how she parents, I love natural consequences. Mm -hmm. I think they're so important. One of the things that we do in our house for natural consequences is like, if my kids do lose stuff, I'm like, oh, well, unless you're going to buy a new one, like then, then you don't get it. Like Mm -hmm. that's life like you lost it right you, you know and it's I'm not saying like my kid loses something one thing and it's like whatever no, I'm not it's just gonna con- punish them constant yes like, okay you lost it let's talk about like at it at some point How they need to have natural consequences but if it's all the time right constantly not taking responsibility for your belongings totally and just leaving Oops, it sorry I know mom sorry, and dad will replace it mom will get me a new one yeah no no because yeah. that eventually they have to learn that and they'll learn it as adults the hard way if you don't do it now so mm-hmm. you might as well just teach it to them now and it makes your life easier and their life easier yeah. and they actually learn things I feel the same way about grades now like my oldest is in middle school now and you know we have meetings with the teachers or whatever and they tell us like he needs to work on this or that and I do tell him what he should be doing and I'm there for him to support him but at the same time I tell the teachers I'm like he is getting to an age now where he has to have some of these natural Mm -hmm. consequences like if he decides not to do his homework one night and he doesn't want to go to school because he's gonna you know suffer the consequences Mm -hmm. like that's that's okay with me because that's normal life situations that are happening that yeah they have to go through those things like we can't I think some parents want to prevent them from having those natural consequences because they don't want their child to be hurt or upset but they have to have those natural that's consequences because life. Life that's life and just and upset about things we do something really similar especially when it comes to like staying up late mm-hmm. like sometimes my son my oldest will want to stay up and watch a son's game but doesn't start till eight which means it's not over until 10 or 10 30 and that's too late he has to go to bed because he's got to be up at seven right to be at school by eight like and he's got a long day and he'll always wake up the next day oh i'm so tired right well you shouldn't have stayed up and partied all night but like 
you stay up watching the Suns game or you stay up too late playing a video game or whatever it is, you have a responsibility. You can't call in sick to life the next day. Yeah. It's not how life works. Yeah. So you have to learn how to manage your time better. Those are those natural consequences, I think. Right, right. And Except- he's now taking responsibility for himself where he, and my this is probably not totally fair because he's always put himself to bed when he's very tired. Yeah. But now he, I see him really struggling with wanting to stay up later, mm-hmm. but he knows if I do that, I'm going to be so much more tired. So I do see him thoughtfully making those right decisions. Well, that's good. Then it's working. Mm-hmm. I do think that there with sleep, it's a little different for me in terms of like teenagers, because I think teenagers, even though they know how to make mm-hmm. the right decision, will always choose to not make the right decision when it comes yeah. to sleep because they'd rather have fun. I mean, I make those decisions still. When the totally, kids go to bed, totally. I want to stay up, even though I'm so tired. But I know if I yeah. go to bed, it's all going to be here again. Well, I know that day. I won't survive the next day if I don't yeah. get my sleep. So I make it a priority. But but that's, you know, that's personality too. Like mm-hmm. everybody has different personalities and different yeah. things affect them differently. And I don't know, I think personality. So the topic back to the topic that we're talking about of being can good parents produce bad kids? I think they definitely can produce bad kids because I think there is a very big mixture. There's not one thing that affects how a child turns out. But I do think parenting plays a very large role in how children turn out. But Mm -hmm. I also think personality plays a very large role. And I think some people have easy kids (laughs) and I laugh because I don't. But like... I have one easy-ish kid. I have one easy-ish too. Well, he's very easy compared to the other two. But when I'm saying that and laughing, it's because I know people who have good kids that think that they're like (laughs) winning the lottery at parenting. And I want to tell them the truth and be like, you honestly have just really good kids. Like their personalities are super mellow or super laid back or super chill. And Mm -hmm. they just, there's no up and down. There's just chill. They're just chill. My sister is one of those. She has two kids. They're really good. I don't think she'll get mad at me calling her out on this because I immediately go back to when I first had my oldest, I was the first one in my family to have a baby. Yeah. So it was like really exciting and new, except I did not sleep at all. He didn't, he was a terrible sleeper. Yeah. Same with my oldest. It was awful. It's torture. It's torture. And I, there were like times where I would have to, I would like scream at him every once, not a lot, but like every once in a while when I was pushed over the edge, I'd be like, why won't you just go to sleep? Right. Right. And then I would have to like walk away because it was so fucking hard. Yeah. But then my sister, God bless her, I had another baby after that. And he yeah. was also not a great sleeper. I'd never had a good sleeper. Not not Ever? one of my kids were. No, not, I, not one of them. I figured it out by the third, but. No, my third was the worst sleeper yeah, of all. But anyway, she had her baby <laughs> and that baby girl was sleeping through the night yeah. within like two weeks. Right. And then she would sleep until nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. But she would also go to bed at like seven or eight o'clock at night. Oh my God. And just sleep through the night. Yeah. And she was like, what? Like, it's hard. Oh my and God. Like, yeah. We are literally doing the same exact thing, but she would never necessarily know what I was going through. But there right. were times where I felt like she was kind of like, well, it's all in the parenting. Yeah. And even though yes. she didn't say that, it sort of felt like. Feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she was so doing. So I would say that's my experience too with people who have easier kids is they just think they're just like so great at it. And and to be honest. And they are great at it. They could she be. was a great parent. But we're also great parents. Yes. And, and But also, but those parents will judge us. Mm-hmm. and say, well, you're just not parenting right. Or you're just not doing something right. Or maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try this. And I use, so going back to the baby sleeping thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I don't know that we talked about that. Well, so so there's this PhD from Harvard and he suggests, his name is Jerome Kagan. He suggests that an infant's temperament at birth is a good predictor of a child's behavior in adolescence. 
Okay. And then what does he say? Like if they're a good baby, they're a good adolescent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if it's a good baby, then a gentle baby. So that's interesting. That's what the research says. Yeah. He says that 40% of babies that have a calm disposition, they're not overly, overly ruffled by stimuli like light or noise. Years later, these kids will remain chill. However, 15 to 20% of babies that are born with a more reactive temperament and your friends and family might politely call them a handful. Yeah. (laughs) That study, um, in this study, he says that the babies recoiled from light and noise and they are harder to soothe. They are more a difficult baby. Yes. Okay. And then difficult child, right? And then they in turn become, they become a more difficult adolescent. Do you remember, I feel like we talked about this when our kids were like toddlers, where if somebody had a hard pregnancy, they'd have like an easy baby Mm -hmm. or if they had an, uh, easy pregnancy, they'd have like a colicky hard baby. Yeah. So I always, I always felt like God can't punish you like over and over again, give you like hard, hard, hard. But then I would talk to parents who had kids that were older Mm -hmm. and they would say like teenagers. I remember talking to this one mom. She goes, my daughter is such a hard teen. She was my easy baby. And she goes, sometimes your hard ones as toddlers become the opposite in their teenage years. Mm -hmm. So she's like, cause I kept, cause my oldest was like super easy baby, super laid back, super quiet. Like we didn't even know because he was our first. He like never cried Mm. when he did something was really wrong because he never cried. And he was just chill and easy. He has been one of my hardest kids for maybe lots of reasons. I guess it's a complex, complex thing. But I don't know if I'm finding that that I mean, for me, it is finding it is coming true. But that is basically saying that article is saying that they should be, he should be an easier kid, right? <laughs> easier teenager. Saying, yeah. I had, I, I <laughs> fuck that yes. study. It's wrong. Actually, I can relate to this study though, because I can had, you? and I can sort of relate to what you're saying, but on the opposite way, because I had very easy pregnancies. Super. Yes. I mean, they were uncomfortable. I didn't love being yes. pregnant because you're uncomfortable and there's yes. things happening to your body that you don't really like. And it doesn't necessarily feel yeah, good. But, but you I were not, miserable. I was not miserable. I was miserable pregnant. I, it was the only time in my life that I didn't struggle with my weight. That was kind of awesome. You know, yeah. Or doctors are like, you really need to start gaining more weight. And I'd be like, no doctor's ever said that to me yeah. before, but I'll take it. That's and all funny. three of my pregnancies, they said that because I did not like, it was easy. And it, and then my labors were super easy too. Yeah. So much so that it came back to back, like it backfired on me a couple of times when I was like sharing my experience with other new moms to be. Oh, and they had bad And then they had really terrible ones. Yeah. Like I Which is more common talk, right. than having a good one. I literally like, it was like what happens in the movie, your water breaks, you go yeah. to the hospital, you take your bag and you walk up and you're like, I'm here. Pop out they, a baby and it's no right, big deal. Like three pushes later. Oh my God. It was like, I mean, that's but then your all kids three of them were like that. been difficult. I have had terrible sleepers, terrible eaters, projectile vomiters, yeah, constipators, like constipators. <laughs> we make up words on this we show. We do make up words. And like I have an easy-ish kid, but they've all been equally hard. Yeah. And I have to be really consistent with my parenting with them because if I give them an inch, they take 10,000 miles. And whatever little like leniency I have, I, I give to them, it's a lifetime of work that I have to make up. Totally. Yes. And each kid is different. I will say that now that I've got a a tween, it is getting a lot easier because we've put the work in, but now I've got this baby, this, my baby, he's seven. So he's not really my baby anymore, but he'll always be your baby. He's always going to be my baby. He is pushing it, man. He's tough. You know him. He's very tough. He's hard. He picks every battle. Every battle is a is freaking a battle. war. Yeah. A hardcore battle. Right. He will get into the world's longest pissing contest with me. And it is like a standoff. Mm-hmm. Like he's stubborn. He is so stubborn. He yes. 
That's my but middle I have son. to be consistent with him. Because and you're always not, like, why are you fighting me on this? Mm-hmm. Like, this is such a dumb thing. Let it go. And they yeah. won't because they're just super stubborn. And stubborn. But I think there's like a parenting book out there that's called like the stubborn child or something. And I'm sure there's they lots say of them. like, those are the kids that grow up and become CEOs because they don't yeah. take no for an answer. And he's, they are very driven the and they get what they want. Mm-hmm. And so they're hard to parent, but supposedly they're going to be super successful as adults. <laughs> I know. And I do find myself walking this fine line of like, I don't want to break that spirit and independence. Yeah, right. But also, but you can't parent. I'm the it. captain of the ship. Yeah. Like, it's hard. You're not the captain. I'm the captain. I'm it the is captain really, really hard. Mm-hmm. No, so I totally thinks. agree with that. But so, yeah. So you're in so your situation I, that did happen. Yeah. And is your I'm pregnancy a harder parent, kids? but I could have a really shitty kid if I didn't, if I let up, so then it would be yes, like a parenting yes. issue, not like a kid issue. Well, I think God gave you three hard kids because you're an amazing parent and you can handle it. <laughs> like, he was let's like, see, let's see what she can yeah, take. Yeah, let's see what she can this do. This will be fun. And you're proving him right. So, <laughs> I hope so. No, you're doing an awesome job because well, I do see how hard it is. And I think that you're doing amazing. But I do think that some parents are very judgmental of other parents because they see from the outside things that are happening and they think, I totally get that. And my kid doesn't have that problem. So it must be something you're doing wrong. Mm. And it's and it's not necessarily, it could be their personality. However, it can also go the opposite way. I think you can have kids that are good kids, but because you give in to everything they want, for example, they end up becoming spoiled little brats or just shitty kids that are entitled Mm -hmm. and think they deserve everything and they grow and they go out into the world and they demand stuff and nobody wants to be around them because they didn't have any boundaries. Yeah. So it goes both ways. And I think as parents, I guess the bottom line would just be like, maybe don't judge people, (laughs) but also maybe understand that like, if you have easy kids, it's then you just don't, you can't relate to people who have hard kids. Or if you struggle at parenting and somebody else makes it look easy, that might be hard too. But I guess- It's it's different for everybody. Well, I think the important thing to know too is that no two kids are the same, right? Yes, they and that's the other thing. You have to parent your kids. Like we have three kids mm-hmm. each, and parenting my oldest is different than parenting my middle, and different than parenting my youngest. Like they're yeah. different kids. Do you feel like it's getting easier now with your oldest? Like I feel like I, I said this a little bit ago. Like I think it's getting easier to parent my oldest because I feel like. I hope this doesn't come back like karma, like come back <laughs> yeah, to bite me right? in the ass. I have to knock on, knock wood. on wood. But like, I feel like maybe there are still hard moments, but there's like a light at the end of the tunnel. Like my work is not done, obviously. Yeah. There's going to be like new challenges and stuff that arise. But I do feel like we've raised this really well-rounded young man who's going to go out there and make good decisions. Yes, he'll make mistakes. Mm-hmm. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He knows his values. He knows what our family believes in and what love looks like and those kinds of things. So I feel like I can start giving him a little bit more freedom out there in that world Yeah, than what I would have just because like we've made it through the hard part. Do you feel yeah. like that? I see what you're saying about your situation. <laughs> I think... You guys, you and Chris are a lot better at like communicating with your children. I feel like Austin and I don't do that as much. And I wish that we had because I've seen it through an outsider into your family Mm. life. And I think that you guys have really good conversations, which makes your kids think about things, which is basically what the whole point of love love and logic is, right? Like you want them to problem solve themselves, Mm -hmm. but you as a parent have to guide them in the beginning because they don't know what we know as adults. My oldest shuts us out a lot. So it's Mm -hmm. hard to communicate with him. And 
I think he's a good person. His personality is chill and laid back. And for the most part, as a, I don't know if all firstborns are like this, but he's very cautious, very Mm -hmm. rule follower, very like typical firstborn child. I feel like, so I don't worry about him as much. Like you said, you're not worrying about your son. I don't know if it's because of how we parent and are just because. Maybe a little bit of both. Because I feel like mine is the same. He's cautious. He's not a risk taker. Right. He's steady Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. So. Part of that is birth order, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know that I think it's getting easier. I actually think he's become more difficult lately. Yeah. But that could just be a small phase of In like teenagers. the teenager phase where they're like kind of breaking up with us. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's hard too. I don't know how I'm going to navigate that as a mom because he hasn't broken up with oh, me yet. We're, we, we're in couples counseling right now. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're fist pumping. <laughs> we're fist pumping. Um, yeah. No, we're not doing that. He still oh. loves me a lot and gives me hugs and calls me mommy. But then there's other times where he's not yeah. in a good mood. And I don't know if it's hormones or what yeah. it is. It's just not who he is typically. But you know, that's another thing like with parenting teenagers. And I think personality plays a big role. Like you're saying your youngest is stubborn. He reminds me of me in terms of the fact that like I was a very stubborn person, like extremely stubborn like that, where I would fight my parents on anything. And when I started to become a teenager, I started to realize they didn't have control over me. And once I knew that I I was like, peace out, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. And that's what I did. And Austin, my husband always says, well, you, if you grew up in my house, you wouldn't have turned out like that. You wouldn't have done those things. And I'm like, always, I didn't First of all, you're amazing. So that's not, he's talking about when I was a teenager, because I'm a lot different than I was when I was a teenager and young adult. Like I did lots of bad things. Me too. Like I didn't like go out and hurt anybody, but I did stupid things. I don't know how I didn't get killed. Thank God like social that. media wasn't around. Yeah, thank then. God there's no documentation <laughs> of it. I would be so canceled. But what, what always makes me so angry, and I don't know what your opinion is on it, but he always says, if you were in my house, my parents would never let you get away with that. And I was like, you don't understand. My dad was super strict, like super strict. And Mm -hmm. my parents did everything to try to control me. And I knew I was going to win. So I never gave up. They, they, you had really good parents. I feel like they were pretty good. Yeah. I was a shitty kid. They were pretty good. I mean, they took my car battery out of my car so I couldn't drive it. They took away my phones. They, I used to sneak out. So my dad would, he screwed the window shade Mm -hmm. to my window so I couldn't get out. And my mom was like, what if there's a fire? And he's like, it's (laughs) fine. (laughs) Like they literally tried everything to control me. I mean, punish me every way. And I knew that they couldn't. Do so you I was think like, it was because he was so strict or what do you, or do you think, think it was the personality that you were born to have? Like- I think it was my personality. Yeah. I think I would, was relentless and I would have stopped at nothing, but they did try. Mm-hmm. And my, and, and that's where I get mad at my husband. I'm like, you, first of all, you don't know what my parents did. Second of all, you're going to judge them for a situation that you weren't in and you don't know how I was behaving. Like I was very, very determined. And even if in and my husband grew up with really amazing parents and his personality compared to mine is so different. Mm-hmm. Like he is like a people pleaser, non-confrontational. I'm like the complete opposite of that. I will confront you. I will do whatever. I'll stand up for myself. I'm just not going to take no for an answer. So that's my personality. So are you second born? No, I'm firstborn. You are firstborn. I'm firstborn. And I know. I'm supposed to be cautious. He's the youngest. My husband's and that's the youngest. like opposite though. He's cautious and you're the risk taker. But it's yes, just like- you're right. You're right. That's true. Oh, interesting. I know. So I don't know. That's usually like the, the what is that called when you're born in order? What is that called? The birth order? The birth order. <laughs> I, I swear oh, to God, God, I used to hear people when I was younger, like not be able to get their words. And now I can't do it. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? 
All right. Uh, yes. The birth order. So he doesn't fall. I mean, I think personality plays a big role. I think parenting also plays a, a big role. But I also think and here is where my parents might have been different. They I don't know if they laid down the foundation when I was younger because my dad oh, is my like actual the yes mom and the yes. Well, dad. my well, I don't know. My parents were not on the same page. My mom was a pushover. Uh-huh. My dad was my stepdad. OK, so I don't think he parented me a lot when I was younger. He became my stepdad when well, I was like six. So he was new. To so the he job. was new. Yeah. So maybe that played a little bit of a role in me knowing where my boundaries were. But I also think that personality would play a role. Well, and maybe you got away with more stuff because he was like navigating this new life as your dad. Yeah, maybe. His father yeah. figure, right? Yeah. And you were navigating I mean, he a new was life super of having strict this father figure. When we were little. Yeah. Like he was super strict hmm. and hard to live with. Maybe it was because my parents weren't united on a lot of things. I don't know. Well, I think that is probably partially what plays into this with having For sure. kids that are naughty, you know, or, you know, make terrible decisions. I, we have friends yes. that- we have lots of friends that we've seen over the years that are not on the same page. They fight in front of their mm-hmm. kids about it. And Chris and I, I mean, sometimes Chris will come down on the kids and I will think it's way too hard, but I will never call him out yeah. in front of them because yeah. that's what they want. Right. They're little master manipulators. And I already see it in our house now where some, like sometimes I can give Chris a look, but I know that my kids are watching to see how I'm reacting to whatever he's doing. And if I think Chris has like mm-hmm. gone too far or come down too hard or whatever, we will have a private conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And because we're parents, we there's no instruction book, right? We're building a plane and flying it at the same time we're gonna make mistakes we're gonna be too hard we're gonna be too easy we're gonna be just right it's that's parenting but parenting is so hard because you do it together have it his back and those boys of ours know that we're 100 united well so austin and i don't do that and maybe i don't we we aren't on the same page because that's how i grew up but i don't know like i have a hard time like watching something if I'm like, I'm not okay with it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. My, my tongue has bled. Yeah. Lots of times. Yeah. It is really, really hard. Those conversations happen immediately. Yeah. But they're private. But not in right? front of them. Yeah. So I, I think they saying. probably know maybe they're getting old enough to know that, Ooh, daddy's in trouble or, yeah, yeah. you know, but I, or maybe I'm in trouble or whatever it is. I think they know, but they also know that they can't hustle us. Yeah. We are I think on that's this the same most page. important thing. If I say something and he doesn't agree with it, then we talk about it and we move on. Do you get? <laughs> I was gonna. Or are you done talking? Yeah, no, I can't. Oh, sorry. I have lots. Well, to say, I was gonna I'll say. I was gonna say. Do they know? Like, if they, if you say no to something, do they go to yeah. Chris and ask? Yeah, and that's they happening a lot right now. Okay, because my kids house. do that too. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if they do that just because we're not united. They'll or... go. No, I think it's just them being master manipulators, and they're yeah. they know what parents they know going they can to do say it. yes, so they totally. know who to go to well, first. And then I get, and then they, my kids get punished for that. So if they come to my husband and he says no, and then they come to me and I say, yes. And yeah. then I say, did you ask daddy? And he says, yes. And then I'm like, well, then you're in trouble because if yeah. daddy says no, you can't that's ask a lot. me. Like, yeah. Dad said no, don't you can't ask yeah. me because that's, that what, that's a manipulation for sure. They're, right. They know what they can get from the other person. And I didn't know that Austin said no. That's you where they, that's where there's like a consequence, right? Where they right. get in trouble. Like, okay, you're now you're just being sneaky well, and you're trying to get now you're trying to get mommy and daddy in a fight. Yes. This is not good for our family. It's not good for any of us. If dad said no, that's a lot. You that's can come talk no. to both of us about it. Right. And I but you can't just totally dismiss what he said. And we're not perfect. This has gotten this has backfired on us a lot, especially lately, because maybe I'm busy or Chris is doing something and then he'll say no and then they'll come run to me and I'm yeah. and I say yes. Right. And then Chris is like, what the hell? They're supposed to be doing yeah. yard work. Well, and they're that, playing video games. And I'm like, ooh, or happens. I took it away. I'm like, well you didn't tell me that you took it yes. away. I had no idea. Like that happens with us too. They did their chores. But so he and I have to be better 
at communication. We have to be really consistent with that so that we don't get into it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're not perfect. This happens quite often. I mean, if this happens in both of our houses, this probably happens (laughs) in other people's houses. Yeah, sure. And the kids catch on to that, right? Totally. They're not dumb. They're going to take the attention off of them. Right. <laughs> and they, they get what it. they want. They get what they want. Video games and we're they might get 10 out. minutes of video games, but they still got their video That's games. Right. They still won. Yeah. They did. Anyway, going back to this article also talks about the impact of sibling dynamics. Ooh. On your, on whether they're being parented well mm-hmm. or. I mean, cause that, and so that, so lately my oldest has been like, you punish me for everything. You don't punish my other two when there's a problem. And I was like, but you're the oldest. And I remember people saying this to me because I was the oldest. Yeah. People have higher expectations for the oldest, but also he'll go beat up on his seven-year-old brother who's half his size. And he'll be like, well, he did this to me first. And I'm like, well, you're still the oldest. Like you're 12. Like you can think this through. Is this a good decision or a bad decision? Also, you're twice the size. You're going to, you're always going to win. He's being reactive, but then he's like saying like, I'm not treating them equally, but I'm like, Mm. well, you can't be treated equally. There's a big difference between a 12-year-old and a seven-year-old. Yeah, There's yeah. also a big difference between personalities. Mm-hmm. When my son knows what he should be doing and he's usually a, a rule follower. Yeah, we have know. that in our house too a lot. There's definitely not equality in our house when it comes to, because exactly what you said, my 12-year-old knows better than to pick a fight with his little brother. My seven-year-old right. doesn't necessarily know that. Also, my seven-year-old is following the behaviors that my older two are doing, which are a lot more mature than what a seven-year-old. And by the way, he's fresh seven. He just turned seven <laughs> yeah. last week. So I he's think like five days into being seven years anybody old. Anybody who has three or more, oh. I feel like when you have a youngest, yeah. you totally see where the youngest do a lot of things way ahead of their time because they're copying the older kids. So to that point, I could have a naughty kid because he's doing things that are far more advanced than what most seven-year-olds. And this plays a role in school because in his particular situation, he's surrounded by a bunch of firstborns Mm -hmm. and he's a thirdborn. Yeah. So I foresee this. If these kids continue growing, I will be getting lots of phone calls from other parents talking about how my little one, who's number three in the birth birth order, is a bad influence. It's true. Doing bad things. Like he's doing things that I never would have let my older two do at their age. But because he's got two brothers that are doing that, he's he's bypassed that toddler, like little tyke. Like, you know, he's still kind of playing with Hot Wheels and that's it. He wants to do Fortnite battles with yeah. his brothers, which I never would have given to them. Right. At well, such we a had young age. But. For my oldest, I think he wasn't allowed to play Fortnite till nine or 10. And my seven-year-old yeah. plays Fortnite now. So my seven-year-old also, I mean, he could literally win tournaments. <laughs> yeah. My People youngest, want him on their team. My youngest is the best one at video games too. He my wins everything. <laughs> it's so weird. Why are we in each other's lives? We live like mere lives. It's so weird. Anyways, but I think the birth order definitely does play a role. And mm-hmm. obviously- And sibling influences- play a role. Yeah, but what does that mean? Exactly like what I just said, like where my little one is seven and my oldest one is almost 12. Yeah, because it's the They're, birth order. It's the birth order, right? Like it's he's like the youngest the, and he's the around differences in ages is that he's exposed to a lot well, more things than people I remember being protective of my oldest when I had somebody whose youngest was my son's grade and mm-hmm. they had an older brother in high school. And I was like, I don't want you hanging out with them yeah. because they're talking ways they shouldn't be talking to my young child, seeing things, doing things. They're their their life is They're very different. They're exposed to a lot more things. They're then. exposed to so much more. I know. Is there a way around that? I really feel sad that it no, kind of takes away. Not for your firstborn, probably. Because then the way around it is you have this seven-year-old. No, right? that's what I'm saying. No, I'm or saying, like, is there a way around it for our youngest? 
No. Because they're growing up faster than they need to. We just have to. to put them in different houses. Yeah, right? <laughs> Isolate them in a they room. They are growing up so much faster than what they have It kind of makes me sad because I feel like they don't get that. I mean, there's a lot of things that's sad about being the third born. Although I feel like they get away with the most and have like the best life. Yeah. There's a lot of sad too. He's like, living his best life at all times. Yeah. Because he's still the baby. Totally. And they always had somebody to play with. <laughs> so I don't know. He doesn't get in trouble for starting the fights or finishing them. He just right. gets in trouble. Yeah. Everybody else gets as hard. Yeah. He yeah. gets away with murder. Okay. So what's the other one? Um, let's see. Okay. So with no two kids being the same, this made me think of an experiment that I learned mm-hmm. about when my kids were in preschool. It's called the marshmallow experiment. And basically you, the experimenter, and I did this with my kids and my oldest was too old at the time when I learned about it. So it didn't really work for him, but the younger two, I can't even remember what the outcome was. I wish I did. So you give you, the experimenter would sit the kid down and I think they have to be under age five. I don't know what it says. If it says anything about what age they are, they're toddlers. Okay. You put them in a room and you sit them at a table and you put a marshmallow in front of them. Between four and five years old. Between four and five. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think my oldest was like six at the time when I did it. And then that would mean my middle was four and my youngest was two. So I put, so I don't know if I did it with, maybe it didn't, maybe it didn't do it with my youngest. I don't know. But anyways, I did this with them. And so the experiment is that you take a marshmallow, you put it in front of the kid and you say, I'm going to leave the room. If you wait until I come back, you can have two marshmallows. If you eat it right now, then you don't get two. You Mm -hmm. just get one. So they put it in front of it and then they videotape the kids like as they leave the room and uh, are they just sitting at the table and there's nothing else to do? There's like, nothing else to do. They're literally sitting they literally there for have to minutes. stare at it. And I know in that report it says like they get all jiggly. Some kids get excited, like they laugh and clap, and then they like they wiggled and they'll like touch yeah. it and like you know they try to like restrain themselves as much as they can. Mm-hmm. They're little kids, and then the researcher comes back and if they pass the test and they didn't eat the marshmallow, then they get the second marshmallow. But the cool part about the study was that they could predict if that child was going to be more successful or. You want to read the outcomes? The children who were willing to delay gratification and waited to receive the second marshmallow ended up having higher SAT scores, lower lower levels of substance abuse, lower likelihood of obesity, better response to stress, better social skills as reported by their parents, and generally better scores in a range of other life measurements. So basically they're winning at life if they could delay gratification, which is kind of messed up in today's society because we have so much instant gratification with like microwaves, your food is ready in two minutes or fast forwarding through commercials. Well, I wonder how that experiment would go down with like our tweens if we put a cell phone on the table. (laughs) The marshmallow experiment for teens. Yeah, right. So I'd be, I wonder if it would have the same outcome. I don't know. I don't know. As it would, because I think about like, oh, I could do a marshmallow, but it wouldn't be a marshmallow because I have a 12, almost 12 year old. He's practically a man. And with how he eats, he would need like two king size Butterfingers or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he would need something. Well, it would have to be than, something that they would have the a hard time not think doing. Of that that would be really hard for them is to put a cell phone. Except our kids don't have cell phones. Well, I know, but <laughs> but they have our cell phones but that I they play understand. on. Maybe like, like an iPad. Phones. Yeah. Okay. iPad, cell phone, whatever it was. But if yeah. I put it right there, could they wait 15 minutes in a plane? I like the way I'm picturing it is like a white room with a white table and a white chair. And there's... Yeah. Like when yeah, was, that's what the experiment was like. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if it would work the same for teenagers just to see. It would definitely have to be something that they would want to be able to see mm-hmm. right away. 
I, I think this know. is really ex- interesting experiment. I remember talking about this years ago. I don't think that I ever did it with my kids, but I do wonder how they would fare because we do talk a lot about delayed gratification and things being worth it in the end and why you have to work really hard because, yeah. you know, the reward is so much better when you yeah. work really hard for something. You want to be proud of what you're doing and what you're putting out there in the world. And I don't, I, I would be really curious to see if we could duplicate that experiment. Yeah. I don't know if it would work the same, but it would be cool if we could test it again. I I can't remember how the kids did. I think I actually videotaped it. I'm sure you did. You're so good. So at that. I well, maybe I didn't. I don't know. I'd have to look for it, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So going back to the subject of the podcast, I think there are a lot of parents out there that they're tired. Yeah, and they're doing the best that they can. And, and sometimes and, it's just easier to say yes. Right. Being a good parent <laughs> is hard. We did it's an episode really on it. Hard. And it's true though, yeah. because when a child nags you constantly for something or like you're in public and I don't know if you want to talk about that story or not, but if you're in public and a child is bothering you and you're stressed out and you just want them to stop crying or you just want them to stop throwing a tantrum and you give yeah. in to them because you want it to stop and you've lost it. You're yeah. at your wits end, basically. What happens in that situation? The kid learns that if I scream and throw a tantrum, mm-hmm. I get my way. Yes. So it doesn't matter and then. The first time it's 30 seconds. And then, right. then it's, and then it's five, five minutes. Right. And then, then it's 20 minutes. Hours, and then it's the rest of yeah. your life. So I, we were talking about this before we started the podcast. And we both have seen situations with people mm-hmm. we know. In situations that and people we don't know, we've seen it all over. Yeah, I, see oh, yeah. I mean, go. it happens yeah. all the time, all and the you time. see it. And it's happened to me before. I have fallen guilty of this as well. Have you? Where I've given in a hundred percent, especially yeah. with my little one. He fuck, he tries to break me down. <laughs> and but the problem with that is, yeah. is that if you give in to them that one time, they will remember remember it, which he does, and then he makes me pay for it. And right. I ha- all of the hard like you work, just said, all of the progress that we've made. They will wear you down because they yep. know they it worked one he time. Knows he can. Yep. Yeah. So that, like you said, if mm-hmm. it's 30 seconds the first time, well, guess what? You gave in to them. So now it's, now it's 10 hours yeah. and we'll get our way because we know mm-hmm. you'll break down eventually. It's yes. really hard. It, it is, is totally really hard. hard. I'm not acting like I've never given in to my kids. I probably have. I just can't think of any times that I have. But I do think that a lot of parents do this regularly mm-hmm. and because they don't want to deal with it or they're feeling guilty or they're tired or they're stressed or out or they're there's overwhelmed more than one of that you know there's always yeah. there's a million things going on at all times for sure and sometimes no it's judgment just easier to give in but you have to think about is this action good for my child is it good for my family is this creating a monster is this creating right. a problem for us right and if well, no, answer- I think what you have to think about is what is this teaching them? And because what is this teaching us? Yeah. if you are giving into the moment, you know that you're going to get temporary relief. The child takes their iPad or the cookie or the, watches TV or whatever they're begging you mm-hmm. for. And they take it after they've thrown their tantrum. And it's just like Maslow's dogs or whatever, where they get a reward. They yeah. got what they wanted. So the next time yeah. that happens... You're teaching them if you want your iPad, just throw a fit. No, I'll give it yeah. to you. If you want to watch TV and I said, no, it's time for bed, mm-hmm. just throw a fit. You'll then get you it. you get what you want. Like it then just, you just get five more minutes. That's what you're teaching yeah. them. So at I the moment, totally agree. it's hard to say no because mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, I'm so frustrated. And I think even I've done this before where I've given into something and then I come back and I say, whoop, I made a mistake. 
I thought about it. You know, you can't watch 10 more minutes of TV. You're going to go to bed because because you begged me and I gave in. But you don't need to watch more TV. You don't deserve to watch more Mm -hmm. TV. Like this is the rules. We're going to bed like you can make mistakes as a parent. Yeah. And go back and say, nope, sorry, I made a mistake because that's also teaching them. Yeah. That we make decisions, especially as they get older. They need to see you making mistakes for sure. Accountability. Well, you and I have talked about this where we talk a lot about it. We we have memories of our parents making mistakes, mm-hmm. knowing that they made a mistake yeah. and we know they didn't apologize for Never. it. And I remember sitting in my room sometimes and being like, I cannot believe my mom or my dad. I, this is so jacked up. Like, yeah, how, I cannot. Like, and never, I know that they know it's wrong yeah. and they made a mistake and they won't apologize. Yeah. There are certain things where I'm like, okay, I see what they were doing. There are also very clear moments in yes, my childhood where same. I know that they should have come back and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it was a very different time back then. It was a very like authoritarian yes. sort of, you know, fear-based parenting. Right. Well, do this or else. I yeah. feel like that was a lot more common than this yes. like nature, nurture, loving sort well, of And then there's the pendulum. Logic, there's right? a pendulum of that as well, where people want to be friends with their kids, mm-hmm. which I think we should talk about too, because yeah. we know that that doesn't work too. No. So- I agree with you. I think my parents, a lot of times I knew that they made mistakes. They knew they made mistakes. They didn't come apologize. And it was because they had to like, keep this like front of being the person in charge that doesn't make mistakes, even though we both knew they made mistakes. So I do want parents to put that in their head a little bit. If you haven't had the experiences that Amanda and I have had, think about the next time, if you do make a mistake as a parent, think about apologizing because your kids probably know the truth too. So -hmm. if you apologize at least they learn, okay, when we make mistakes in life, we can still apologize for it. Like your pride is not too big. Totally. That you can still yeah, make at a the mistake. End of the day, whatever the behavior was, was probably still wrong. It might just be the way that you reacted to it. That was a little bit harder than what you think right, it was. Right, or right. to your point about, yeah, 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 I'm tired. Just fine. Go watch TV. No, actually, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I wasn't cl- thinking clearly. No. Yeah. And the moment I said yes, I'm so sorry. I said yes. I will be better next time. But the answer is no. I'm sorry. And that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It is okay. It might be, they might throw an even bigger tantrum. Here's the thing is those tantrums when you say no, they will get shorter when you are consistent. Yes. They will get easier. Like with my seven-year-old, he's really, really hard. He's, he, like we get in pissing contests. I've said this. We are in a standoff at all times, but what, the standoff might last a long time, but the tantrum is getting shorter and shorter and shorter every time. Where if he goes into, if he throws himself down on the ground, I will pick him up and I will take him to his room. And then I will say, you can come out when you've calmed down. And I close the door and he might be so mad. He's screaming or whatever. Mm-hmm. It might've been hours before, but now it's five minutes. And then he comes out and he comes down and then we talk about it. Okay. Do you know why I said no? Do you know why I said this? Do you know why I Yes, mommy, I do. And then we talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then he takes responsibility for his part of it. And I take responsibility for mine. And then we move on. And it's great. And we're all better because of it. Right? Right. Now I don't have this spoiled child who's throwing himself on the ground whenever he doesn't get his way. Right. And this was like a big lesson that I actually learned with my firstborn. And I think you were with me maybe when they were just learning how to walk and we were at the zoo. Mm -hmm. And the zoo makes you walk through the stupid fucking gift shop. Yeah. To exit. Everybody does. There's no it's other like Disneyland. Disneyland's like, all of it's like that. Yeah. And it was the end of a long day at the zoo and we had to walk through and we had a pass to the zoo. You don't go to the gift shop every Tuesday to get a stuffed giraffe or whatever. Yeah. We're not getting a treat at the gift shop right. because we are season pass holders at the right. zoo. Like, right. 
that's a special well but then what are you thing, teaching right? them you're teaching them right. every time you go out you get, a, you get toy. a toy yeah that's not and so we when don't do that. they We've go through the gift shop that. they're gonna so demand to the a toy shop. he was like he was probably two he wasn't learning to walk he was a little bit older a toddler for sure yeah he threw himself down on that floor of the gift shop he was older than two because i had a newborn baby yeah. with me so i was dragging this toddler out with my newborn baby in my bob stroller yeah out of this, and he literally threw himself down. And the easy thing would have been for me to just get the whale or the yeah. drop or whatever he wanted. Yeah. And, and I it's over. went back and forth with that so many times. And I was like, nope, I am not going to reward your bad behavior. This is not how you get what you want. We left the zoo. I drug him out. He literally drug him out on the floor while he's kicking and screaming. Right. And this ma, I started crying because it was Aww. humiliating, yes, right? Yes. And that's, all, that's the other part too, is it sometimes is you want to give in because yeah. everyone around you is judging, whether they are intentionally doing it or not, they're all looking at you. And that makes it 10 times worse. Totally. Everybody's looking at, okay, how is this woman going to react? Is she going to be abusive? Is she going to lose her shit? Is she going to give in? What is she going to yeah. do? And no matter what I do, I'm going to be wrong in someone's eyes. So that's For sure. scary, right? For sure. And you're trying and to I'm be a good parent. And I've got this new, anyway, I walk out of the zoo and this mom came up to me and gave me a hug and she was like good job mama you Aww. did it like and i will never forget that as long as i live because she was like don't reward bad behavior yeah don't do it it's true because you're gonna raise a good kid by not giving in to their right. demands and like here's this. what and I like, here's i you. have i feel like i have friends or at least i don't know i guess but i would say that i know people mm -hmm. that think that they're toddlers. It's okay. Like you have time to like fix no. anything. But what I don't think some of these people understand is that if they're acting like that now, teenagers are just big toddlers. Mm -hmm. So if they're throwing fits when they're three, they're going to throw fits when they're 15. Yeah. If they're demanding something when they're three, you can physically say no, grab their arm and walk out of that place mm -hmm. and they don't get their way. When they're 15 years old, they might be bigger than you. They can throw you my, into a wall. They can yeah. like, cause I know this cause my brother was like that with my mom. My so, oldest son is almost bigger than me. Right. And so, and so, so is mine. And yeah. I know like too, like I had a friend in seventh grade who mm -hmm. ended up being in, in the NFL, but like he was powerful. And I, as yeah. a seventh grader, I remember him putting his hand on me and he was tall because he ended up being an NFL player. So obviously he's a big kid. Yeah. We used to call him like a man child. He was huge. But I remember him grabbing me in seventh grade and it was so much power behind it. And I was like, oh my God. And I was a kid at the time. But my point is being that like teenage boys yeah. can have so much power mm -hmm. and strength. Yeah. And if you're their mom and they don't respect you as a three-year-old, they're not going to respect you as a 16-year-old. It's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Mm -hmm. And so when I see toddlers throwing fits, I just picture them as teenagers mm -hmm. doing the same thing, punching holes in the wall, like stealing to get what they want because they have always gotten what they want. You know, that type of thing, I think, translates to that behavior later on in life. And it's easy. It might be hard in the moment. Like you said, you walked yeah. out of there and cried. That is humiliating and hard. We're saying no. Yeah, I have too. I'm living in the land of I've guilt. I've had a lot of a lot. stress in moments like that too. But they get over that shit but, so fast. But not just that, Amanda. Yeah. Like you, he was a toddler. Mm -hmm. Like you were able to control that situation because he was tinier than you. Yeah. If you left that place with a teenager. I would not be able to drag him out of there right no, now. And, and he would <laughs> probably continue that fight home. Yeah. Continue, you no. know, like if you still stuck with your guard, like you don't know what's going to happen when they're teenagers. No. They're not, it's not fun. Like well, they're they, going through so much. And they're not in their right minds. They're not in their right minds. <laughs> They're hormonal, but then now they have like adult strength, you yeah. know, so it's a lot different, but I don't know. But I was thinking when you were telling your story of this time that I was in Target and this is, people are so annoying. I was, my son was begging me for a toy and he was probably like one or two. I mean, he was old enough to sit in that, um, little chair, the chair. The front, yeah. yeah. And he was big enough to like want something and be throwing a tantrum about it. And I remember 
I was like, he started screaming or crying or something embarrassing. So I remember walking away from the cart, like down the aisle because he was acting like that because I was right there. And I knew that if I walked away, he'd be quiet. So I walked down the aisle so that he would calm down and like stop throwing his tantrum because that's how he was getting his way. I was making me upset. Mm -hmm. That's what he wanted. Yeah. And I let, so I let, and I said, if you're not gonna be quiet, I'm gonna walk away. And I walked away. And this woman came up to me and she goes, how dare you leave your child oh. alone? And I was like, she's like, he could have fallen out or whatever. And I was like, I had my eye on him. Back the fuck off. This is me teaching my child because yeah. he was throwing a, a tantrum. But she went and judged me for walking mm-hmm. away. And I want to be like, that no, to me he, at and guess what my son yeah. did? He calmed down when I walked away. Mm-hmm. Stop crying and throwing a tantrum because I wasn't there to have a show for him. Yeah. But I kept an eye on him. I knew he was fine. He was my firstborn. So I know he wasn't going to like stand up. My middle son, I could never leave. He would have stood up and like try to jump out of the cart. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's like, oh, but then you get judged dumb. for stuff like yes. that. And you then know? that makes you feel even worse. And you're like, then you second guess yourself. Like, totally. Is this and then, and yeah. I never did that again, but it, at the time it did work, but it's like, you know, you walked away. It, you didn't leave him. No, I didn't you leave walked him. walked away. He was still in I was shot. probably at the uh, end took, of the aisle. Yeah. I, that same exact I would thing never leave my child totally. and have him get kidnapped. You that, know what I mean? Yeah. Like women. So I was like, how dare you? Crazy. I love my son. It's just that yeah. this was a teaching moment and she was going to tell me that I shouldn't leave my son. But anyways. Yeah. No, that happened to me at Disneyland. I, same thing with my oldest. He was throwing a fit, threw himself down over right. a bridge or not, he didn't throw himself over a bridge. bridge. He killed himself. (laughs) No, he did not throw himself over the bridge. Okay. So he was having a temper tantrum. We were on a bridge. Yeah. He threw himself down, was kicking and screaming. He must've been like four or maybe, maybe five. I don't know. And I just went to the edge of the bridge. You know, it's like a rail. And I just like, chilled there. I like leaned on the bridge rail. Yeah. And And let him do their thing. They calm down what is the matter? What? Oh, oh, it's okay. And I'm like, no, I'm teaching him a lesson. This is bad behavior. Do not talk to him. Like, yeah. Right. Don't reward don't his give bad him behavior. Attention he wants for, attention. Yeah. And this is not how you get it. So you parents, don't get like, it by misbehaving. Yeah. Yes. Just let me be a mom. I'm teaching him something. I'm teaching him responsibility. Right. Right. I'm teaching him how you are not going to get rewarded by having bad behavior ever. Yeah. And we always talk about it. It's not like once the tantrum's over, we just move on with our life. We have an actual conversation about, okay, do you know why mommy said no? Do you know why you got into trouble? Do you know why you had to go to your room? Do you know why you- But you wait until they're get calm. This treat? They have to be calm yes. because you cannot- Negotiating with somebody who's having a tantrum is like negotiating with a terrorist. Totally. You're not going to get anything that you want. No totally. one's going to get anywhere. So you just, once everybody's calm, you sit there and you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then you hug and you freaking move on. That's amazing. And guess what? At the end of the Disneyland day, you're probably going to get a treat anyway. So yeah, just, yeah, you know, be good. Yeah. It's hard though. It's really Being hard. Being good parents are Because it's so Is much this easier like part to two say, of yeah. that? <laughs> no. Theme. Being a good parent is hard. So for anybody that's listening that's struggled with this, like you're not alone. No. You're a good parent. And we've said yes when we shouldn't have, when we should have said no. We're not perfect. Yeah. We've had guilty. Although I can't think of anything. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, she's going to think of a thousand. You're going to think of a thousand. I'll get off and I'll be like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, (laughs) I think too, people like to remember the good times and not the bad times. So you forget all the bad stuff. But yeah. Yeah. So the title of the podcast, Do Good Parents Produce Bad Kids? Yeah, I think that can happen. I also think Mm -hmm. bad parents, bad (laughs) parents. Bad parents. How did that good come out? Good parents produce bad kids. Bad parents produce good kids. And you just do your we best. Just produce kids and we're doing our best in a really crazy, uncertain world. Yeah. Filled with things that we're still trying to learn how to navigate. So, yeah. Stay strong, mamas. You got it. You got this. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah. <laughs>